You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Maybe I don't really want to know how you got in girls. Cause I just want to fly. Lately, did you ever feel the pain in the morning rain? As it soaks you to the bone. Maybe I just want to fly. Want to live but don't want to die. Maybe I just want to breathe. Welcome to episode 22 of the MX Vice Show. We have a great show for you today and so much to talk about. I'm James Burford, new owner of MX Vice. That sounds good. And in the studio with me is MX Vice editor Lewis Phillips. Hi, you're right. Wow, so enthusiastic. And with us is Rob from Jukebox Beats. Today's show is sponsored by none other than Talon, who as soon as they heard MX Vice was independent, called us straight away and said, we're in. What can we do to help MX Vice? And it's without people like that, that's what helps us keep going. So uh, big shout out to Talon, who produced the best hubs, wheels, sprockets out there. And without their ongoing support, we wouldn't be going. So thank you very much uh, to Rob and the team. Lewis. Hi. Are you still Lewis Phillips of MX Vice? Because I heard you're taking another job. I haven't taken another job. No? No, because I'm full-time MX Vice. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, I'm just hustling in the background, you know. Okay, hustling. hustling. Is this the lengths and depths that you've had to go to, to now we're independent? No. Do you want to tell everybody what your new job is? It's not a new job. I'm still MX Vice. If you say it like that, it sounds like I've left MX Vice. Okay. Do you want to tell people what you're up to? What my side project is? Yeah. Try and say it seriously, because no one's going to believe you. Okay. Well, I'm proud to announce. Proud. Proud. I am uh, doing the uh, British Championship social media and press releases from now on. Well done. Thank you. So does that mean that we will see the top three? In every, I, I vow to include the top three or top five even in the photos of the results. Wow. That is going to be an important step forward for the championship. That is going to be a big one. Because no, one, much, no one thought it could be done. Pretty much in, in 2019, I, I thought fourth was the winner. Well, maybe that's the type of innovative ideas that I'm going to bring to the table. So is this like what Tommy's you... going to cross the line pumping his fist because he's won. And I'm going to be like, oh no, fifth is the winner this week. Go fuck yourself. Wow, your first <laughs> F-bomb. <laughs> that lasted long. <laughs> now we're independent, we didn't care. So, yeah, so we've, we've actually, uh, is it two weeks, three weeks since the last podcast? Yeah, I was tired. You were on holiday and then we were both away last week. So Yeah, so a lot's happened. We've, uh, we've bought the business. 
So um, now MX Vice is, uh, we bought a business from uh, Pierce 24 Max this time last week, I think it was, last Tuesday. Yeah, last Tuesday. So we're technically a week old or a week older. Uh, even and it's great you know we wanted uh cut a long story short and uh, i've signed quite a few nda so i can't say too much the business is now in, in independent hands we are uh back doing what we love and um hopefully we can take it forward to be uh be one of the best out there that's the goal cool sounds good good mm-hmm. luck with that i'll yeah. be in the background building the acu british motocross championship to bigger than ever before one thing what hasn't changed about the business is you're still a cock <laughs> you know that would hurt me. Yeah. But now that I'm above you, I really don't care. Yeah. Is that because you have your fallback in place? So if MX Vice goes wrong, then you can always just go and work for the ACU. I just like the fact that I'm allowed in their events and you're not. Yeah. Toss Well, uh, the only thing I'm looking forward to this year is trolling you. That's uh, fine. So next year. The social media team's ready to take you on. All right. Are they? I, we, as a professional unit, oh. don't really concern ourselves with the opinions. Sorry, of who, who else is people. in your team? Uh, it's me, myself, and I. Okay, yeah. You're not allowed to touch anything. Right. So I'm not allowed actually no. anywhere. Am, am I at? I'm not actually. Let's, let's put this on record. I am nothing to do with this, am I? Nope. The PR, is, the PR doesn't say your name. Yeah. And, and they were quite clear that they don't want me involved. I don't think anyone wants you involved in anything. It's no surprise. It actually went without saying. That was harsh, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the great thing is, though, is people can really kind of feel what type of person you are right now. Well, now I'm just, I'm just above you, aren't I? Really? Yep. And you know what? You can go and mess around with your MXGP thing. Because this time next year, the British Championship will be the British Championship of the world. There is only one British Championship. Of the world. The World British Championship. I don't know. I haven't worked on the title yet. Okay. Look for social media for more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be a utter... Yeah, anyway. So, good. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, congratulations Thank on you. your new role. Thank you. Um, uh, I hope it becomes very successful well, and you I was move in, on quite I was quickly. encouraged by the fact that when I took over the account, it hadn't been updated since August. So I was encouraged by this because I felt like I could do that quite easily. Was it not around in September? Oh yeah, sorry, September. Okay. Sorry, I'm just so okay. excited. So uh, eight weeks without any updates. Not anymore though. Okay. Not anymore. I did, see, I did sense that there was a new person on board because the account was obviously quite bad before and that's even worse because it's just got a load of shit on there. It's quality content. You wouldn't know. Yeah, whatever. How are we running a show today, Lewis? With what? The structure. What? What's so sh- people know what's oh, coming up. Um, I'd like to talk about Paris first. Okay. And then we'll talk about all the silly season stuff we've missed. Okay. And then we'll take some questions. Yeah. I might talk some more about my passion in life of the ACU British Motocross Championship. Okay. And uh, Yeah. Right. It's great. Good that uh, you're so passionate about something. If only you could be as passionate about MX Vice as you are about MX the ACU British Championship. Past. The ACU British Motocross Championship is the future. Okay, cool. So uh, we're not going to talk about uh, Eichma. What would we say? There was a lot of stands. Nice bikes. Exactly. You've really brought your number one A-game attitude I've into just the given, podcast what, what studio, would we say? You? What is there to say about Eichma? We went to a hall. It had lots of stands and people. It was nice. Okay, I thought you'd done a, a good interview with oh, Mitch Evans. I, I did do some oh, good interviews. Oh, I did oh. do some good interviews. Oh, yeah, I forgot that, did you? So, okay. Are you, are you okay, mate? Huh? You're on your phone. Oh, it's just a lot going on because uh, there's been an announcement. <laughs> there's been an announcement. Should so. we stop the podcast no, show fine. and come back later it's for fine. you? So would you like me to talk about my interviews? Uh, why not? Okay. Um, I'm very proud of my interviews. Do you want me to step out of the room in a minute so I can finish my cup of tea and you just crack on talk? Um, you are dragging me down. Yeah. Now that I'm above you. And I'd just like to say, I am actually quite happy to step down as the host of the show now and we can bring some. Well, you are the owner, so you can Finally. make that decision. Yes. 
So this is going to be my last show this week. Okay, that's a, that's a lie, but... Well, no, I'm going to find a replacement. Okay, good luck with that. Cool. So Eichmann was great, it turns out, because I got to do some interviews with people such as Jeffrey Hurlings, Mitch Evans, and Jorge Prado. And I quite enjoyed my interviews, so yeah. Any inside knowledge from your interviews, or was it just talking about well, McDonald's and bollocks? Well, the Hurlings one, whereas you'd think I'd take the opportunity to get inside knowledge on 2020 and 2019, I decided to talk about 2012 because... I felt like living in the past was maybe the best way to do things. And is this what um, makes you different to the rest of the media and what makes you one of the greatest media people in the world? What, but I'm still stuck in, I'm still stuck eight years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Look out for next year when I begin to cover the 2013 <laughs> World Championship. That was kind of my last year of having, like, no access. Like, I didn't do GPs till 2015, but, like, 2013, we were doing the British Championship and stuff, so we started talking to more people and then, like, getting more knowledge and stuff. 2012 was obviously the big battle with Tommy, and I was at Matley that year with an air horn, loving life. With your air horn? Yeah. Is that when you're in little short shorts and you're about three years old? Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah, so I, I was a full-on fan that year. Like, I knew nothing other than what I was reading online and stuff like that, so I had some questions for him that I got answered finally. And obviously now, eight years on, he was a lot more relaxed talking about them. So, to be fair, I don't know if this came across in the podcast version. It was actually the most relaxed interview I've ever done in my life. Sat on a couch, feet up. So just was, loving life. So it kind of came, I thought it came out quite good purely because of that. Sat on the couch and it came out good. Yeah. Cool. I thought that just was like a, it was good vibes, good vibes only. Yeah. Uh, the Mitch interview was good. Lots of people have actually liked that one. Yeah. And reading it back, I was like, oh, that's actually quite good. Not because of me, obviously, but because of what Mitch said and stuff. I just sat there, I just pressed record really. Yeah. So Mitch said some good stuff, but I'd actually like to talk about it later. Okay. Prado said some nice things as well. It was all great. It was great. Okay, that's cool. We got some really good questions coming up in the um, in the show later with Barry McDickin. He's putting some very good questions along with um, Barry McCockiner. Both of those guys, uh, I'd like to thank you for um, sending in his questions. Uh, looking forward to those. Okay, so you're just basically um, cracking on with, basically you're just getting all of your jokes out within two minutes. No, no, not at all. Should we talk about Paris? Why not? I mean, I what literally... Paris? They went around a track. I literally said like five minutes ago that we'd talk about Paris and then you've just kind of rambled on with a lot of weird stuff. Okay, so what should we talk about Paris? There is an event in Paris, Supercross, inside. The one, thing I keep, the one thing I keep saying is, Jesus Christ, it is so much better than that little stadium. Oh my God. Did you see, I, I got to agree. That when I went a couple of years ago, I was bored shitless after about the first hour. It just didn't feel like a Supercross. This was felt like Supercross. It was good. Like everything's really good. better. The soil's better. The stadium's better. The track layout's better. The area's better. Like, when did you see the soil? Hmm? I do have eyes. What, you went down on the track? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You went on the track? Yeah. You didn't. I did. I, w- I stood, I stood what, next your to white it. trainers? I stood next yeah, to it. Yeah, I know. I was going to say. What, did you pick the soil up and put it in your hands? I, it's quite clear. The soil at Lille was pretty bad. Okay. But I've got to admit, I agree with you. Um, it was so much better. Really, really good. Obviously, there's three years now. But the same last year when I went, I was just like, oh my God, this is better. So is it, t- I think 2016 was the last time I went. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, sure. 17, 18, 19. have been there three years. Yeah, like, this was their third year in the new arena. I'm glad I went. It was really good. I'd definitely go next year. I think one of the things that made it good as well is they didn't have like a proper star star kind of person, like a Anderson or a Musquim or anyone, any of those like championship guys. So I think they managed to spread their start money across like a lot of people with equal like level. So then it made like unpredictable stuff and good racing and everything. Because one of the things that they always do, like last year, the racing was really good. But because they had Anderson there, every single time a race started, you were kind of like, oh, this is going to be good unless Anderson just wins it. Whereas there wasn't that this year because who knew what was going to happen. So I think, I think if I was a promoter of Paris, which I'm open to doing that as well, to be honest, if they'd like me. Yeah. 
Like, what, what do you think you could bring to Paris? Social media. <laughs> social media? Well, so I'll just, I'll just copy what? paste what I'm doing for um, the British Championship for um, the French yeah. Supercross. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah no, if I was a promoter of Paris, I'd definitely look to do that in future instead of um, just putting all of my eggs into one ridiculously good rider basket. Yeah. No, I liked, I liked it. The, the racing was really good. The last race when Mookie got the, the start, he kind of just checked out and that was probably the one with the less action in. But the rest of the races, previous five finals were really, really good. The SX2 class was a bit meh, but... Brian Sue. Yeah, congrats to him. Yeah. Clearly he's got some talent that's been wasted. Yeah. It's a real shame that, um, frankly, Gay didn't manage to line up on the, on the Saturday. Oh, so, um, wow. This is great this, French this, rider. This is just boring. Just boring. Like, it's, what's even boring is you think it's so funny, but you've actually started it earlier because you can't wait. It's like, oh my God. Okay. Get some fresh material. Fine. Yeah. If you're going to be in, be like that with jacking off. Yeah, see, like, and these aren't even funny because you've done them all. No, I haven't. Yes, you have. I haven't. I've circled the ones I've done. Well, they're all the same. We no, get it. No, they're not. You've managed to Google. What's funny is you only you can't even come up with a joke off your own back. You've got just you've had to Google. I don't it. need to. It's not like I'm in a comedy club. Hold or anything. up. Let me Google funny jokes to tell people. Oh, here we go. I've got 120 in front of me. I got 243 left to go. Well, either way, that's at least three more shows. But this is my last one anyway. So. Yeah. Thank God for that. Right. Well, um, Paris. Do you want to go back to ACU? Talk no, about you've that. just taken me off my train of thought. Nice one. We were talking about uh, the racing. We were talking about. Mookie basically looking very, very good. Oh, well, you were, because you are a Mookie super fan. Well, not only am I a Mookie super fan, but I'd just like to say that I've got a whole Mookie kit signed for MX Wife. How cool is that? Yeah, good. In the podcast studio. That is exciting. It's not in the podcast studio right now. Where is it? It's hanging it. Oh, drying. Drying? Yeah. It literally has Mookie sweat Oh, I thought because you washed it. I was going to say, that's a bit weird. No, why don't oh. wash it? There isn't so much you can take from a race like Paris. It's always difficult to like cover a one-off race because it's like, oh, wow, this is exciting, but you kind of know it doesn't really mean anything. So it's like, eh. you, you kind of struggle to properly invest in what you're seeing or what you're saying. But then if there's one thing that could be taken from it or one thing that could have been taken from it beforehand is if Barsha did well, that would do big things because he's kind of been up Struggle Street for a while now. He looked good. Yeah, but with bikes set up and everything, like, well, it's well documented that they, as a team, have been lost at points this year and even Monster Cup, like he came in saying that he wanted to win and stuff and that was disappointing. He got beaten by Geyser and then after Monster Cup, he put on social media that basically the team reset the bike to stock and worked up from that. So I feel like after doing that work, had he struggled at Paris and got beaten by uh, Hill Freeze, then that would have just been like dug himself into such a deep hole that I'm not sure he would have I feel like it would have taken something drastic for him to get out of it. Uh, what's interesting is uh, Barsha was on the stock bike in Paris, but Hill was on um, also when he done the fastest lap. He was also on a stock bike. You mean when he did the Super Bowl? Yeah. Yeah. So was um, Varchi had a bike with a pipe. Yeah. So um, it just shows. Yeah. I feel like the days of properly like, shipping bikes over and stuff is long gone. Yeah, but it just like, shows that you can be competitive anyway. Yeah, like um, when uh, Barsha does Geneva, Yamaha France are just going to bring his truck and stuff, bring their truck and that, and give him a bike again, and he's just going to run the same sort of program. But it proves it can be done, and who knows, maybe that even gets better riders there, because if the good guys can begin to do stuff in that fashion, then it makes it easier for them to do races like that, and they're not as shackled by the demands of their team and what it goes to put into it and all that kind of stuff. Cool. Yeah. So anything else? Any? Any? I mean, you... The one thing you do like about Paris is Chipotle. Yeah, I had a disappointing Chipotle on Monday. Really? Yeah. Well, I was the first one in there when it opened. So I think I got the last night's leftovers. 
Oh. Yeah. And I've never been more ripped off in my life. Is that where he gave you a little bit of chicken? No, the chicken was dry. It was just disappointing, to be honest. But the lime scooters did make up for it. We did have fun on the scooters. I don't know if anyone's have ever seen lime scooters, but if you haven't... That's lime scooters for people listening. Travel If you haven't, travel to a city that has them and just enjoy your endless hours of fun on yeah. me. And you reached a maximum speed of 24, was it, kilometers? 25. 25 kilometers. But, um, on the last day when you weren't there, it was raining and some woman was riding her lime scooter down a hill and stacked it bigger than I've ever seen anyone stack it in my life. Like, wow. full on, you could see her going going and then gone and like stuff out of a handbag all the way up the hill she actually bounced and then slid how how did she come off going up a hill going down the hill oh what are you saying stuff's all up a hill well either way the stuff her stuff was just up a hill as you looked looking up it was all stood up but yeah she hit the ground hard did she did you help her or did you just laugh Um, afterwards someone else helped her i watched and then afterwards she kind of looked at us and said something in french and smiled, so presumably it was a nice thing she said, so we just went, ah. Yeah, yeah I think it's probably, well, don't stand there, you skinny I'm just hoping she wasn't saying, like, please call piss. me an ambulance, because otherwise we just laughed in her face and walked yeah. off. But, yeah. yeah. That helps Paris. That's yeah. what you want from Supercross. That's the good thing about Supercross. You go to a French GP and you're in the middle of nowhere, nothing around, you can't even find a restaurant. Yeah. Supercross, everything's there that you need. So, yeah. So, maybe just skip MXGP next year. I like year Supercross season. And just do the British Championship in Paris. <laughs> what a schedule. <laughs> also, uh, I'd like to talk to you about your new look. What? So, today you're rocking handlebar moustache and you've gone with your hair down. Is this a new Lewis? I don't know why you talk about that. We're not on video. And well, I left my wax at home. Sorry. Well, no, it's great. If anybody wants to see what Lewis looks like today, just check out my Twitter feed. There's nothing to even see. Um, it's pretty awesome. El Diablo is back. He looks like he has got rocking a different hairstyle, which makes him even more like a delinquent Mexican. Okay, brilliant. So what you brought to the podcast so far today is just useless shit. Yep, that's what I'm here for. Yep. Like you literally, every time I try and say something proper, you bring the conversation back to something irrelevant. Yep. And, okay, brilliant. And once again, I've forgotten what I was talking about. And You need to be more professional. Maybe I have like some pen and paper next to you so you can write it down. So every time you interrupt my point, I can write it down. You were talking about fucking scooters. Oh, yeah, I was, weren't I? Yeah, they're good. They are good. Maybe I rest can, my case. Maybe they can sponsor the show. Yeah, maybe. Maybe Chipotle could as I'm well. I'm not sure the multi-million dollar company might will be interested, though. I don't know. Actually, I guess it's a billion dollar company. What, Lime? Yeah. Well, have you looked a map, have you? No. Anyway, uh, another thing I found interesting from Paris is uh, Savachi said that he signed oh, on Friday. Friday, they did um, like a t- two-minute test session. Yeah. Like, each rider had two laps. And um, pulled in, just do a couple of laps on their bike, break it in, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Savachi signed his deal after testing the bike for those two laps. Really? Yeah. He did. The t- thanks for reading the interview. He did. Um, he did two laps. Went. Yeah, this is good. Sweet. Came in. They, the team emailed him the contract. He signed it. Emailed it back. And there we go. He had his. He had his deal. So he tested the bike at Paris. Yeah. And made the decision to ride next year based on. I'm uh, sure he, eighty let's be, seconds. Of, let's be honest. Of he was going to do it anyway. But that's what he told me. I can wow. even find I can even find his quote if you like. Uh, no, I don't think anybody's. You know, you kind of said the great thing now. In yep, look, Friday after the five minute test session here, we literally signed. I went out, we tested the bikes for five minutes on Friday, and I came back in and I signed the contract. People think that we have been lying and hiding it, but we really just got the contract done and finalized on Friday. Sorry, who's been thinking that he's been lying? Just everyone thinks that like he's had his deal done for two months and stuff. Oh, okay, but apparently not. No, he looks good the weekend as well. 
Yeah, considering it was his first time racing the bike and stuff. Yeah. But then, to be fair, he was kind of like, had an underrated year, I think. Like, he was really good in Supercross. I think the fact that he didn't get a single podium probably means that you don't remember it. Because mm-hmm. obviously, if he had one podium, then you'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, he had a podium. Yeah, I think he could be quite good next year. But then also, 13 other riders could be quite good. So who knows? It's going to be interesting, yeah. Both America and MXGP. Things are working out to where both things are absolutely stacked. I really liked uh, what I seen the weekend from um, from Malcolm Stewart. Yes, you said. I'm just saying, he oh. looked really, really good. And you've you got to think that if he can put it together, he could, he could do very, very well. I expect him to, to get some race wins next year. Yeah, it's crazy. Because um, I don't think he's even had a top five in a 450 main event. But you kind of have to, like, so normally you'd talk about him like, oh, first year, top five, and then first, top three, and then maybe a win. But everyone's kind of just skipping that and saying that he can win. Which, to be fair, had he not broken his female... Female? Had female. he not broke... broken a female? You starting rumors. <laughs> had he not broken his femur at um, Glendale, he probably could have won that main event. And chances are he could have won one of the 15 that followed that mm-hmm. because he looked that good. He could have won Anaheim 1 had he not slid out. Yeah. So, like, we're kind of in this weird spot where he's better than... Basically, throw out the history and just go off of what you see. Yeah. The, the weekend, one thing which... Uh, I don't know if the, the TV kind of showed it but how quick he was through the whoops yeah that's it, always been his MO though that's how he broke his femur because he was so quick through the whoop at Glendale that he skipped one that's how quick he is yeah wow yeah so do you want to talk about him some more or no I just what is with the attitude today oh nothing I just think feel like you, literally you get you get this PR from the ACU British Championship and then you're like swanning around like big, Billy Big Balls again it took us a year to get you down from the mantelpiece onto the you know with us just normal people and literally one PR and that's it Billy Big Balls again like a fucking rock star. It is funny, isn't it? No, it's not. Because we have to work with you. It's not fair. I've been doing it for two weeks. What about your mum? Your mum's not happy. Just pacing around the front room again. You've gone through two carpets this last Brilliant. year. Um, another thing that I thought was... Another, one of the things I'm confused about from Paris is going in for Justin Hill's debut with Motor Concepts, my whole like litmus test was if he's got the speed for one lap, then that's fine because that's Justin Hill. So he's still got it. Like, He's on a new bike and he's still got that raw speed, which is good. Yeah. Uh, and he did that because he won the Super Bowl on Saturday. But I feel like his fitness was a bit meh because I felt like he was there and then not there in pretty much every race. Okay. Do so you I'm, think it was Chipotle? What got so in the I'm, way? I'm like slightly skeptical about him next year. Like I don't know what to think because the speed's there. But then does that mean that we're going to have the same as what we had this year and the year before where like, oh, Last second in practice and then 14th in the main event. But from what I know or heard or whatever, I think Motor Concepts have kind of identified holes in his fitness and they got, what, six weeks to work on it? So I guess that's fine. I think that's another case if you can't read too much into races like this. That's a good team that they've assembled, hey? Yeah, it's not for where, especially from where they came from. They are now kind of about as elite as you'd ever think they would be. Yeah. And they could quite easily have multiple podiums and like you say, even main event wins next year. Yeah, having Mookie helps him a lot because obviously he a personality and a star. So like, if you say that he's just on that team, you're like, oh wow, they've got Mookie. Yeah. So which again, like back in the day, they never had anyone of that caliber. And I think even now, like, well, Brayton obviously did a lot for the team and proved that you can go from there onto bigger things and win on the team. Basically, Brayton saved that and did a ton for it because I remember when Brayton first signed and I interviewed him and I told him I asked him about like the reputation of the team and whether that played on his mind and stuff like that. And he kind of said like, no, it's fine, it's fine. And everyone kind of had one eyebrow raised naturally. Brayton kind of silenced all the critics, proved what the team can do, and yeah, basically save that team, I think. Okay, thanks for that. Yeah. Cool. So is there anything else you want to talk about Paris? Yeah, I've got one more thing. Okay. Frandis on a 450 is quite good. 
He looked really good. Barsha slash Plessinger, one of them should be worried. Yeah. Because he will be taking one of their rides soon. Yeah, because he, he's, he, he was looking really, really good the weekend. I think, I don't see why Yamaha, well, unless obviously he goes to a different manufacturer. And I believe he's going 450s in 2021. Yeah. I don't see any reason why Yamaha wouldn't want him on a 450. Yeah. Especially if he goes and wins both 250 titles next year, or at least one of them. So if I was Barsha there, or Plessinger at home, and watching that, I'd be like, oh, oh no. Yeah. Jaws music. He's coming. Yeah. So, and I can't believe the the French crowd absolutely love him. Yeah, I was at. This is another thing actually. I thought about. I feel like at the weekend we saw a changing of the guard a little bit. I okay. feel like Ferrandis has kind of taken Musquin's oh yeah spot easily, a little bit easily. Like I feel like whereas every other year previous it was like the Paris promoters were probably like we need to get Marvin here, we need to get Marvin here. I think now it's probably like no, we don't. We'll just get Ferrandis. Ferrandis. It he's, was quite. He's just got that whole persona of just being. You know, cool, calculated, his style on the bike. He can be aggressive, as we've seen with the um, him and Hill. He, he's got to be a promoter's dream at the moment. But, like, it's quite interesting seeing a difference from last year to coming back this year, where he's now obviously a Supercross champion on that. Yeah. So, like, even that just does enough where everyone's, like, excited to see him again and all of that and stuff. Yeah, and the French were going crazy. Yeah, but I never went to the old Bercy. But for, all anyone tells me is that it's not the same. Okay. Yeah. I still think it was, it was 10 times better than Lille. Oh, Lille was just... I feel like if the race had continued going to Lille, it might have died. Yeah. Because using half a stadium is never going to work because it just feels a bit... Uh. Yeah. The soil would look terrible. It was just a weird area. Like, nothing was good about it. No, nah, I, I, yeah, I keep saying it, but I really enjoyed the weekend. If, if it's on your um, list of things to do, take the family away, take your wife away, take your boyfriend away, take your husband away. Man take man, woman take woman, whatever. But get to Paris. And we're not even paid to say that, but we probably should be. I regret now. Should have done a deal before this and then pumped it up. No one listens to this, oh. anyway. That's fine. Okay, so Paris done, tick. We're remoting from the show. Oh, yeah. What do you want to talk about now? Should we do city season stuff? Yeah, because a lot's been happening. Yeah, well, we haven't been on in two weeks. So let's talk about Mitch Evans. Okay. Uh, um, Mitch Evans, we obviously knew about six months ago. Oh, yeah. I want to talk about that, actually. Okay. So I found out about this. It wasn't signed until it got signed in Imola. Yeah. But I heard rumble. I heard strong rumors that this was going to happen from strong sources at Saint John in France, and they told me not to say anything. So naturally, I didn't say anything. And as things started to develop, and more and more people found out, and then the rumors started popping up, I started to wonder: like, do I put it out as a rumor, or do I just wait for the announcement? Because that's always like a difficult little game of like morals and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I feel like I did the right thing by waiting for the press release because at the end of the day that's how like that's why Mitch gives us such good interviews because he knows he can trust us that's why Herlins does such relaxed funny interviews because he knows he can trust us there's kind of it's so basically a, it's you're a saying we game. could have sacrificed our integrity for a couple of thousand clicks yeah I could have put it up as a rumour in May and it would have gone mental because at that time no one knew it was a thing and Mitch was even struggling at that time so it would have been even more surprised it would have then suddenly when I go around to do podcasts everyone would have tried to like step away and oh well, yeah I'll do an interview and it would have been short quick because they wouldn't have trusted me I feel like as well we're in a position now where everyone kind of knows that we know but just trust like this Max thing I know exactly what's going on with Max and I know some of the stuff online's wrong and I know exactly what's happening I know exactly what his plan is for this week and next week I'm not going to say it until it's done because that's how you keep relationships basically two years I'd, I'd be out of the sport if I uh, dropped all of the yeah, and we're here for the long term, not the short term. Yeah, we're trying to. Build at the end something. of the day, I care more. Uh, I care more about um, integrity and your reputation. No, I care more about doing good interviews when I do about putting out a rumor. Yeah, because at the, and at the end of the day, the amount of like the amount of rumors I see on other websites that are just 
like wrong. I'm just like, yeah, wrong. But how many websites in July put up the sewer was going on Honda? And sewer even came up to me in Indonesia and showed me all of the website. I was like, everyone's crazy, aren't they? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, when are you actually going to announce your deal then? He was like, oh, two months. I was like, sweet, talk to you in two months. Yeah. But that's how, that's, I feel like that's why MX Vice is special. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've seen, but there was a little smile on my face because the tweets already started about the ACU British thing. And uh, Sparrow MX has just tweeted a picture of you as Superman with your face in it, as in saving the British Championship. So I thought that's quite funny. I quite like that. Good one, Sparrow. Like that. So yeah. So Mitch Evans is obviously the big one and uh, quite a big piece of the puzzle because Blandron could have easily gone there. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, um, other opportunities could have come up for other people on Honda. Maybe Anstey. Maybe you know, there's a lot of people that, who were talked about in that place. Things that didn't make sense was. Mitch racing in Japan in HRC colors in HRC gear two weeks before the announcement. Yeah, that 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 really tested my morals because at that point I was like, "Come on, yeah, you just tested me here." Yeah, yeah. So that was weird. The deal was first talked about from what I hear after Argentina. Wow. Actually, no. Who told me this? I told this a while ago. Because you know his, his showing in Argentina was pretty special. Yeah, but not even that. You know, Matley, he crashed and was like a lap down. Yeah. But I remember tweeting about it because he was like a straight ahead of Prado who was about to lap him, but was like kind of... He kept with him. Yeah. Well, no, not kept with him because he was ahead of him, but like the gap wasn't changing. No. And from someone told me that it was that ride that was the thing that like was a catalyst to HRC going, okay, let's talk to him. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So it goes back that far. It's almost a year ago now those conversations started. A year? Well, it was March. It's only four months away. No, no, it's not. March is four months away. December, January, February, March. We're in November. Yeah. December, January, February, March. December, one month. That's four January, months, which means Yeah, I said months. four months. You, just, you said a year ago. I said close, yeah. And I went, yes, March is four months away, so it's close Look, enough. I think we both know your maths and your geography is utter shite. That's fine. There's no point in even like having an argument with me with that one. But yeah, so that's a big thing in a puzzle. The uh, surprising thing is it's a one-year deal. Yeah, which is, which is good because he has to prove himself. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like, like can, we give, can we just give the guy a two-year deal? Like, can we do that? I think they should have gave him a two-year deal to like show you know confidence and in, in basically glue into the team, but it keeps Mitch hungry. I think the big thing with riders going up to the 450 class is for the first year, you just need to get in there. No matter what it is, whether it's with HRC or JWR or Sahol's KTM or anyone, like you just need to get on a bike and get on a track because from there, you can improve yourself on a 450 and then start to climb up to the bigger teams. Yeah. If you, sit, if you don't get anything, you're never getting on the bigger teams because HRC aren't going to sign you off a couch. So let's talk, let's talk about the second sign-in, which was just released. And that, you know, what you've just said actually uh, rings quite true for Adam Sterry, who's took that deal with JD Gunnex, which is actually a really good team. You know what would be a really good feature? What? If we did a calendar of when we first heard about these deals. Oh, yeah, that would be Because cool. that would be interesting. Because then I, if, I, if I wasn't MX Vice, I would find that interesting to know how far back it goes. What GP we were at with when we heard about Adam? That was quite a late deal. Sweden. Sweden, was it? Ah, oh, yeah, that's right. But Sweden, we only heard that they wanted to talk to him. So they hadn't even spoken to him at that point. Yeah. But it was pretty much, it wasn't signed at the Nations, but it was pretty much like it was going to happen. Yeah. But this is another... But that's, that's a really good deal for Adam and a really good deal for JD Gunnex because I think that's a step up for the team. And I think that's a great team for Adam to start on a 450 career. As well, I feel like the Gunnex team catches some flack for some reason. Okay, why do you think? I don't know. Their bikes are blue and orange. Okay, let's not hold that against them. Um, I mean, that's an immediate red flag, isn't it? But um, <laughs> So I feel like the Gunnix team just catches some flack. Their, their pit setup's a bit wacky. 
Okay, nothing wrong with that. No. Next. Um, so I feel like the perception of Gunnicks is like, oh, that's not a very good team. From what I've heard... No, they're a very good team. Yeah, that's what I'm getting to. From what I've heard, Adam's got himself like, like, like that's a decent program. And no. at, the, at the end of the day, it's a KTM to start with. So how bad can it be? Hey, that's, the, the team is, is no joke. They're, they're a good team. They use talent wheels. So very, very good team to start with by choosing the right wheels. But no, let, they're, they're not scrimping. They're not saving on things. They're, they're literally putting together a program which is they're trying to get the best results possible. Oh, yeah. And if you look at it, they've taken Petr Polak to Indonesia every year. They've taken Richard Sikaina to Indonesia and Turkey and everything. So, like, they're in it. And from what I hear as well, I got told this in Sweden as well, before even I knew about the Steri thing. So there was a lot of Gunnicks going on in Sweden. I believe the team manager paid for the entire team to spend, like, three months in MTF in the off-season. That's very cool. I mean, you take the deal just yeah. to hang out in as in, a pri- uh, As a private team, America. what more can you ask? Yeah. So, and I also hear that KTM might be stepping the support up a little bit which will help Steri well it's not surprising you get a name like Steri stuff like that comes along doesn't it yeah yeah. okay you well, just got to get in a class and I think that's that's kind of a good place for Steri to do it cool well before we progress with any more silly season stuff uh, let's have a little break listen to our sponsors Talon Engineering best wheels the right wheels hubs sprockets footrests clutch baskets and they are our number one supporters so uh, thank you very much Talon and We'll see you in five. The MX Vice Show. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Thank you to uh, Talon. Appreciate the support. And if you're looking for a new set of wheels, clutch basket, hubs, sprockets, choose Talon. Lewis, we were talking about silly season before we had a little break. Yep. One of the biggest moves, I think, was a guy who's in from the cold. We actually thought he was going to be on a different team and ended up on a, a French team. So Valentin Guillo, we actually expected him to go on to Jackie Martins. Yeah, everyone did. It was like ridiculously close. And supposedly, the story is that um, it was very much so ridiculously close, but things changed at the last minute. The deal kind of changed a little bit. The opportunity came up with Van Horbeek's on the team. The deal changed because they wanted him to pay money, didn't they? Yeah, I think it was, yeah, yeah it started to get... Uh, or the money went up. That's what we've been told, but obviously we can't, you know, that's just rumours what we hear and we, we're not like ones to like put out about rumours. So, so that was the deal. And now he's ended up as teammates with Van Horbeek, which is a big move for that team when actually we heard, as you do, rumours last year that they probably wouldn't even make five GPs. Yeah, it kind of confirms that they're committed, which is good because that hopefully means the team will stick around for 20 years or whatever. But a big, big cost. Running yeah. a second rider is a big cost. It's another 50% budget. Yeah, but then Guillo is bringing, what, bike? Yeah, he'll bring Honda Switzerland, I think. Yeah, because you could see in his Instagram caption he put, um, thanks to Honda SR and Honda CH. Yeah. So, because that was kind of a deal with Jackie, wasn't it? He was bringing bikes or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, which is great. I mean, that uh, helps. Do you know what I love about that? Is that riders are going out and trying to work with companies, manufacturers, trying to make a deal happen in a team. And that just shows, you know, A, how much he wants it, and B, a little bit of entrepreneurship. It's going to help these riders going forward. It's, you know, can I get the support from Honda? Can Honda do me a deal where I can go into a team and get some help with bikes and get the team gets help with bikes? Great. Brilliant. That's worth 30, 40 grand to the team. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's other ways. I think the saying is there's more ways to skin a cat. You know, I'm against animal cruelty. So uh, please don't send their messages about me skinning cats. The whole thing is, is think differently. What can be done? What what can you you do to make this happen? 
this really is like a last chance saloon for him now, though, because he doesn't do anything now and then loses that ride. There's no chance we can get another one, I don't think. So pressure's on him, I'd say. In a class which is already stacked. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird, actually, that he managed to get a ride next year, but not for this year, considering... He's been out of it for basically a year. And it's probably, I'd say it's harder to get a ride in 2020 than it was in 2019. Well, especially but then when you see the, the riders which are still ha- still haven't got yeah. rides. Uh, to be fair, though, he made some bad decisions last year. Well, not bad decisions. He just gambled when he probably should have not gambled. Yeah. Because otherwise he would have been in MXGP. Yeah. So, probably with standing still. Yeah. Well, that was the thing, wasn't it? They offered him a deal in like June 2018 for 2019. And he thought he could get more money, so didn't sign it. And then ended up getting injured. And the team basically took the deal off the table or gave it to someone else. And because he obviously turned it down. Which was Monticelli and Max. Yeah. Well, just Max, I think. Well, no, a bit of both. Yeah. Or Monticelli only. But yeah. There but we go. It's always good to have one more rider, one more team doing more. Hey. I'm interested to see if the team still runs like a pop-up tent. Because that's all they had this year. Yeah. It was a pop-up tent at each round. Well, there's, uh, there's a, a truck going now from Boss. So. Yeah, well, that wasn't exactly the best truck in the world. It's still a truck. Yeah. Whatever. More like a lorry. Whatever. So three big movers in the off-season. Well, you've missed the biggest. And that is? Covington. Uh, Blandering. Yeah. It's kind of old, old news, but let's, let's talk well, it was, about it. It was announced two hours before Mitch. Yeah. Okay, mm. so, so we, 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 again, we kind of knew the, the crux of this deal uh, going back in. Monster Energy are obviously a big sponsor. Yeah, but that's the confusing thing, because Monster wasn't mentioned in the PR, which really mucked with my head. Okay, so... But uh, they are, because Covington's wearing a Monster hat and stuff. Yeah. So, I don't know, that confused me. So it'd be interesting to see if Lupino's on Monster and also Vlander's on yeah. Monster as well. Okay, I, I don't know. If they were a title sponsor of a team, it obviously would have been mentioned in the PR. Yeah. Unless they're just like an associate sponsor. But again, it's a, it's a three-rider team. They've stepped up against so yeah. another place available. So we've got another place on uh, Van Horbeek's team, another place on, on Gabon. But if you want to uh, be a glass half-empty kind of guy, then that's just basically replaced for two rides that we lost with Boss. Yeah, true. So. Any new teams that you've heard of going to be coming in? No. There was that one rumor at Lommel that never turned up. Oh, yeah, that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah so Vlanderen, Covington. And we, you've obviously spoke about this at de- in depth last week when it was, when actually it was released in your thoughts on, on how he can, how they can, you know, what they got to offer that class as well. The one thing for sure is, is next year you've got 20 riders in there which are class riders. Yeah, I think, well, if you add up the amount of riders who've won previous GPs, it's probably insane. Yeah. Because obviously Covington has, Vlanderen has. Yeah. Or even podiums. <laughs> so um, 2020 is shaping up nicely. But the fair play to Gebbin. They, they seem to really step that up. And, and they're switching over to Yamaha. Three very good riders. It is good because like, for the longest time, we thought, or it sounded like Yamaha were just going to run Wilbo and that was it. Yeah. And that would have been a big hit because that really would have been two, three spots gone. Yeah. But now somehow it's turned around to Yamaha having more 450 bikes on track this yeah. year than they did last. So because three and three is a pretty big investment. Yeah. And actually, when you look at the riders they've got, it's yeah, rare. They've gone from Lupino and Pacharel. Yeah. So Pacharel's still out in the open. No, he signed with Jackie. Oh, yeah, because that was the crazy thing. Yeah, 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 sorry. So for people who don't know, Jackie Martin's team was released with uh, Lieber and Pacharel. Yep. So there is really one noticeable rider, I guess, is Van Donink, uh, Seva, and Stroibos, which have... Can uh, I say what I'd heard about Van Donink? No, yeah, crack on. Or do I not? Because that's rumours. But then it's not really a... Okay, so what, what? No, I don't like talking about rumors when the deal's done because I feel like that's shady. Yeah, but this isn't. This is Anis. Okay, yeah. Um, I think he's talking to a team in the British Championship. I heard that as well. Yeah, yeah, because I told you. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I heard it from you. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, uh, so but he hasn't signed it or anything because he still really wants to do GPs. Yeah. So 
but that could be another big one for my British Championship. Yeah, your British Championship's yep. shaping up nicely, hey? Yep. Cool. Yep. The, the one question I have about Commenton is I really want to know what the long-term plan is. Because obviously the whole time he was here before, it was always, yep, one day back he'll be back to America, one day he'll be back to America. But what is it now? Is now like, yep, he's in Europe until retirement? Or is it still like, well, get back to America in a couple of years, or get back to America in 2021 even? I don't really, I don't really know where he kind of sits now. Well, maybe he doesn't know. True. But then you've got to think there's got to be some kind of gut instinct. But, or. But I guess you've just got to literally take the opportunities that that come up and um yeah which is actually kind of an article um, basically about what's happened in america this year and unfortunately maybe those opportunities didn't happen in america so that's why this seemed a good a good way forward and if he has a fantastic year in in gps then something might oh you never know you just gotta you gotta take the opportunities when they come up and that's exactly what he did when he went back to america because the only reason he went when he did a year before he aged out of mx2 was because the deal came up to race for husky in america and he jumped at it because you never know when another factory team's going to come knocking. So. Exactly. Take his opportunities. Um, I just hope that people don't put too much expectations on his shoulders. Top 10s no. is fine. I think what's happened this year is going to change the mentality of riders next year. In the fact that seeing what's happened with people like Max and all these like last minute deals which have been done and rides which have came out of nowhere. And you can tell that some of these riders are probably, they've, they've probably signed for either nothing or 20 grand to pay for their food and uh, traveling and stuff like that. So you've got to wonder if some of these riders in the GPs are looking at what happened with Max, where he quite easily could have won Falconsvard and Lommel and been out without a ride in the GPs. So I think we're going to see a lot of people talking in the early part of the season if they're doing well and signing those deals early. I really do. Because I think people now have kind of learned that when an opportunity comes up, it's very dangerous to wait for a little bit more money. Yeah. It's just, it is, but then it is weird because you, oh yeah, it's so tough to get a ride, etc. But then Guio and Patrell and people like that have rides. So but I think they've been, they've been pretty smart with, okay, if I'm not going to get there on results, then maybe I can get there with um, having these people behind me. And that's exactly what's happening with Formula One. Yeah, I guess it's a different ball game completely to um, what oh. certain riders are, like the position certain riders are in. Like certain riders are in one bubble. Yeah, who are who are competing for these rides, and then certain riders are in another bubble competing for free yeah. rides or paid rides. Or and, and think of it from a, a team's point of view. Okay, so we know that you know JWR they've probably spent around about three hundred thousand on the team this year. Now imagine if um, straight away JWR can save fifty thousand pound on bikes by bringing a rider in who's a very good rider. Yeah. Um, so a they've got a rider, and b they save fifty fifty thousand pound on bikes. That's a great great option and and i think this is what's going to happen going forward i think you're always going to get the top five which are going to be able to demand what they want yeah however outside of the top five then they're going to be a little bit more you know it's they're going to have to really hustle but the guys behind that are really going to be hustling and that's good get the hustle on i'm just interested to see what happens next year because next year's city season is going to be the most interesting because oh, do we have hurlings up yeah but you've that's not really interesting the interesting thing is like Olsen will be going up. Jazakonis is on a one-year deal. Stuff like that. Oh, okay. Where you can kind of see what the manufacturer, why the manufacturers have left their... Yeah, so like, they can the pieces. Made, well, yeah, they've yeah. kind of made it so that the doors are going to be open so that they can do what they need to do. Yeah. But I'm interested to see how yeah. it all plays out. Because then what does Jazakonis do if Olsen goes to Ice One? Or like, it's lots of different things. Yeah. It's going to be, uh, like you say, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I love silly season. And I love thinking about how this all shapes up. Well, it's up. pretty much over now. The only thing... There are a few things that are 
like Dixon hasn't announced any of his riders yet. That's weird. No, I don't know why. but we know he's got an MX2 rider sorted. Yeah, he's got Courtney Duncan coming back. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to have two riders ending the morning anyway. And 114 I've, should be announced this week. Which we know is two Australians. Yep. Uh, any other riders? We, we, we spoke about Van Donick. Any other riders which are missing? I see uh, that Ferlotti was announced in the week, yeah, Simone Ferlotti. But he's going, to be, he's going to be contending in MXGP races. I wouldn't say contending. No, not contending. He's entering. Stop okay. being so harsh. Well, it's not really worth talking about. This is where you get a reputation. Okay. It's not really Just be nice. About. Be nice. Yeah, but like, who cares? Oh, we had another one. Yeah. RFX announced. Okay, yeah. Gilbert and Bob Sheff, but they're only doing European GPs. Still good. Yeah, still. Like, still good. And that's a lot of money as well. They're going to be spending a few quid. They might be doing Argentina, I think, but Indonesia etc. is unlikely. Yeah. I don't blame him. It's a lot of money. You're probably looking at 10 grand per rider. Yeah, really. They're going to take over two, two free riders as 30 grand. I think we're done with City Season. I think, that's, I think everyone is kind of slotted into place now. So literally the only person who hasn't got a ride at the moment who is a GP regular from this year is Brent Van Donnink. Strybos. Strybos. Brilikov. But then, I mean, it's done as far as if you look at the holes that teams have got, apart from JWR, you've got 114 with no riders, but they've signed their riders. Like, there isn't really like an open spot where you're like, well, who could take that yeah. apart from JWR? Yeah. Which isn't surprising because no other team's going to leave it this, this late. So No, I think uh, the, the whole idea when I was speaking to Johan is that he's kind of just, hey, we're not in a rush. I think they're re-signing Anton Gull. They're talking to another rider this week, possibly for EMX 250. They got a space opened up for... Uh, MXGP I think they'll probably just see who's around and wants a ride but I, don't, I don't think it'll be a pay ride it'll be you know we got a bike we can support you for a whole year but I think uh, the other thing as well is if maybe there's an opportunity if the talent isn't there in Europe maybe bring an American over Yeah. why not do something crazy like that yeah. never know yeah. but um, there we go so city season wrapped up I have got a splitting headache have you? yeah is it called me? no I've got a splitting headache do you want me to take over the rest of the show now? if you could yeah, okay. All right, you go on out and I got my cup of tea and we can talk about um, filmy. I think you can talk about the business. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, um, uh, for those who, who probably didn't know, uh, last week a press release went out. The opportunity came up to purchase back the business that we sold in, uh, in May 2018. We sold it to Pierce AB, which is 24 Max. And the opportunity came up literally, I think it was three weeks ago. They offered the business back to me, some negotiations, and um, we bought it back. So literally all happened very quickly. We received the business. Well, we bought the business back. It's 100% independent. We didn't have any plans to do this. It wasn't like we come into this year saying, let's buy the business back. Two months ago, it wasn't looking at this and going, let's buy the business back. A month ago, it wasn't looking at this and let's buy the business back. We thought we'd be going forward with Pierce. However, things changed. We took this opportunity. We grabbed it with both hands and uh, we're running with it. So as it goes, we've been to, to ICMA last week. We spoke to lots of really cool companies. Told them all about MX Vice, which uh, is great. That I think it's the first time we've ever been to ICMA where it's, hey, I'm James from MX Vice, and they actually know what MX Vice is because some of these companies are huge. What's nice is that everybody knows us. Everybody knows the, the job we do. They know that Lewis is really professional and I'm not very professional. Yeah, it's, it's now it's starting from, from day one. So day one, we're in this big, scary world. MX Vice is a lot different. It had over a million pounds worth of uh, uh, investment over the last two years. So it's, it's a bit of a beast. And we're sat in this podcast room, two and a half thousand square foot office, we've got TV studios, and we got some pretty cool toys. So now we basically, our job is to make this all work. Not only sort of take MX Vice forward, but we really want to create some really good content. We really want to drive the business forward and have a lot of fun. And that only happens with good people like yourselves listening to this show supporting us and also good people coming on board like Talon. And uh, one thing we're going to do is we're going to make sure that the people who come on board, we're going to look after and help 
build their businesses going forward, build their sales. And it always helps with the people who are supporting us to support them. So we got some cool stuff. Uh, how's your headache, Lewis? Are you okay? So yeah, just carry right. on. Yeah, yeah. okay. So um, one thing we have been working on recently is uh, basically uh, a loyalty program. So we want to reward the people who help us. So the people who share our content, like our content. You know, I know we, we produce free content and you guys get to read free content and that's cool. However, if you can share the content, like the content and engage with the content, that really helps us. So, and we don't expect anything for nothing. So we've got this loyalty program set up. You can tweet me, message me, but basically we've got a link. The story's on the website. Literally search for MX Vice Loyalty on Google, it'll come up. What happens is basically every time you share something, you sign up, every time you share something, you get points. Now what we're going to do, this is only open, at, uh, this is only open to a thousand people, but basically what we're going to do is got this little loyalty club, thousand people. We've got some really cool stuff. Riders are giving us signed stuff. Teams are giving us signed stuff. People like uh, Rhino Power are giving us little packages, you know, K-Tech with suspension and lots of cool stuff. So you can win stuff, you can win signed stuff, goodie stuff. And we're basically just going to be giving away stuff all the time. It might be MX Vice t-shirts, MX Vice pop-ups, whatever. We're going to be rewarding people who help us. So um, if you want to get in, get in now. Help us. Help us grow. Help us go forward. On that note, we're going to have another little break and then let's talk MX Vice questions. The MX Vice Show. Helen Wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK, Talon wheels, sprockets, footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. How's the head, Lewis? That's great. Pretty yeah. Good. Yeah, we're glad I drove three hours to sit here, and now I've got to drive three hours back with a headache. I think it's maybe it's the hair, because you used to, you put in so much wax on your head. I don't put that much wax on my head. Don't uh, talk about things you don't know about. Okay, so wax. maybe it's the, the the wax. Actually, no, talk about things you don't know about because that's basically all you do here. Okay, yeah. Maybe it's the obviously now your mustache is is grown twice as long when we first started. Maybe that's maybe it's holding your lip down. It's just a stress on your brain. Maybe. Okay. So, uh, what questions have we got, El Diablo? Quite a lot. Well, not quite a lot, but enough. Enough. Do you want me to start? Let's do it. Okay. Shall I pump it up a little bit? Because I'm very excited and you're just on, going to kill yourself. Well, to be honest... And anybody listens to this podcast is probably going to kill themselves. You, well, you set, the stone, you set the tone when we'd be I don't on. know what stone. Yeah. What stone? Uh, RyanG437 said, Do you have any info on the cold enough to gas gas rumours? Will he remain with a standing construct on a gas gas or will it be a new team entirely? One thing's certain... He's got a contract with Standing Construct, so that ain't going. Yeah, and Standing um, Construct have a contract with KTM company, which means that they could basically be who's far in a KTM yeah. or a Gas Gas. I think the con- the Standing Construct to Gas Gas thing, at first I didn't believe it would happen next year, but then I've since spoken to other riders who have said their team came close to doing the deal. So that means there is a deal, and it, there's so much cold enough to Gas Gas stuff out there. Even um, a KTM did an interview with an enduro video company or something and even said that Cold Enough would be on a gas gas next year. So I would just look for Standing Construct to be a complete gas gas team. But then this leaves me with a question because Max was let go from the team because of budget. Would gas gas mean that they now have more budget and therefore could have run three riders? Yeah. Who knows? 
Yeah. Or maybe it's the same budget. Yeah, I guess at the end of the day, it's just going to be, for now, it's just going to be... Um, maybe it's like... Red plastic, isn't it? So yeah. Help us out. It, like, it's, it's a big deal, but it's not that big a deal, really. No. There is rumours of the MX and MX2 team being gas gas as well. Yeah, which would make sense if they're going to do MXGP, why not MX2? Yeah. It's less of a big deal than Husky, I think, because this is literally just going to be a KTM with red plastic. Yeah. Because there's no base. One day, like Husky, it'll probably move a bit separate, but there really is no base of a gas gas bike so it's like obvious but yeah at Dive MX said what's the latest with Anstey okay do you want to talk about that or do you um, want to talk about what you can talk about hmm what can I say when I said he's going to be in America no when I said a couple of weeks ago that I would bet money that it'd be back in GPs the deal that was looking good at that point got pulled off the table so now it is looking more likely that he's going to be in America however all of the websites jumping on all we've heard through a source. Nothing signed yet. Like, hand on my heart, nothing is signed. Nothing's been signed. Nothing's been agreed. So, But he has offers. He has offers yeah. or opportunities. Nothing's been agreed and nothing's been signed. So everyone saying that he's doing this in America is wrong at the moment. Because but don't be worried because he's got offers and yeah, Max Anstey is going to be in a team and on a bike. He should be racing next year. Yeah. That's not really a concern now, I don't think, anyway. Okay, but what else do we have, El Chapo? If for some reason America just fell apart completely, I don't know what it'd do in MXGP because there's really nothing left. It's a shame that the GP deal he was working on didn't come together because it was starting to look quite good. But hey, that's the way things go. Yeah. At Bummers1986 said, was Mitchell Evans smoking crack before you interviewed him? Because apparently he ain't here to get second. That is what he said. You obviously didn't read the interview. No. But I asked him about expectations and I said like maybe top 10s would be a good place to start or something like that and then build up and see what happens. And his words were, please hold, uh, the thing I tell everyone is, and you'll probably laugh at me or think I'm in over my head, is that I didn't move to the other side of the world to get second. That doesn't mean that he thinks he's going to win. That just means he's not He's like here to do work. He's never going to settle and be happy until he's kind of got done what he wants to do. Like that's not a bad. That doesn't. That does not mean that he thinks he's going to go out and win the world championship next year. It just means that he's not going to sit there and go, "Oh, I'm so pleased with 15th. Next next week, let's try and get 13th and see what happens." So I don't think it's that big a deal. I'm I'm just dying. That's fine. I don't know if you heard, but I just really died. I generally don't know what to expect from Mitch, though, because it's, the interview was actually quite good in the sense that he kind of like explained what he goes through <clears throat> to race a 250 and stuff. I can't see how it is. And how it like basically kills him and how he doesn't enjoy life on a 250. So it makes you wonder how good he can be on a 450. And remember, Red Bud Nations was where he broke out and he was on a 450. So yeah, I'm, uh, I don't think it's any, you know, it's not a secret that we're big fans of Mitch on the show because we get on really well with him and stuff but I think he's going to surprise a few people like he did this year with Argentina where he just came out literally landed from Argentina was there for a couple of months and then just smashed it in Argentina he'll do the same at, at points within um, MXGP this year it's not like he's getting on a 450 for the first time I think he's going to be good and with HRC um, support, it's only going to get better. True that, true that. Masters MX 2013 said, my question was going to be, is there a show this week? But instead, I will go with when the music stops, who will be left with no seat in either MXGP and MX2? I think... It I depends. Can't, I can't see Strybos and, and Brillikov. It depends what you classify as a seat, I guess. Because if doing three GPs a year still counts as like they got a seat, then... Yeah. I think um, Strybos will probably end up in Germany. Yeah. I, know, I know he had an offer from the UK to ride, but he wants to do GPs. I think uh, literally going to and from me. Obviously, he was in. He was on uh, Hitachi uh, a few years ago, 
So the whole trip back and forth from the from Europe to uh, the UK, I think, is a bit wearing some GP riders. So he's had an offer from the UK. He's had an offer from from uh, Germany. Maybe he'll do that with some some GPs. He still feels he should be in GPs. To be fair, look at him at the nations. Yeah, and to be fair, he was good towards the end of GPs as well. Like yeah, Brilikov. I don't think he's had any offers, so not sure what's happening there. Van Donick, we know he's got an offer on the table and I think he's on that for GPs Katie Shervelin we forgot to mention him he's got on he's got a deal now with the Yamaha team yeah STM course yeah who aren't the official EMX 250 team anymore so can do other stuff cool so I think everybody's pretty much sorted there's not going to be too many left on the on the outside yeah I, I, I think it'll be tough for Van Donick to get a full GP ride yeah well it'll be tough for all of those people now because yeah. there isn't them going like JWR don't do overseas so no like, JW would be a European-only team unless they signed somebody who's capable of top five. There's no one, no one out there now. No. Unless Max does a quick U-turn. Yeah. Jamie Colebrook said, do you think Anstey should just buy a bike and do the first few rounds off his own back and hope a fill-in ride comes up on a good team? Can't see going to the US and racing a 250 would do him any good at all. I guess he means buy a bike in GP. <clears throat> I guess so, but we already know that he's got a couple of offers on the table from good teams in the US. So There's one thing <clears throat> on the table that could be really good. I'll say that. Yeah. Leave it there. You Leave can't, it there. Back down. You, back you down. Can't, you can't buy a bike and do the first couple of GPs. Like, it just doesn't... And the first couple of GPs, what? Matali, Volkenswart, and then Argentina. Like, okay, maybe you could string something together. But the amount of work and money and time we would go into it for those two races... And no one's going to be injured by that point anyway. Everyone knows what Max can do. He doesn't need to prove himself anymore. He won a moto this year. It's just, I don't know. I don't, it's weird. It's the weirdest, weirdest thing ever. Because, I don't know. I don't think anyone can explain it either. Because he doesn't ask for insane amounts of money and then, like, refuse to sign a deal unless it's a million. He is amazing with the media. He gives teams exposure. He does results. Like, I don't, I don't get it. It's weird. Yeah. But, okay. Know. Next and question. Graham Malcolm. Malcolm said, uh, can't believe Tixier was back racing so quick after his MEC crash. And I say, he was back riding on a Supercross track like less than a week after that crash. And he was basically legally dead. <laughs> they were, like, I have no idea what he was doing back on a Supercross track so soon. But he did a ride at Paris, so I guess it's not holding him back. I guess he's, that means he's fine. But Maybe still. he's got a good CBD sponsor. I, that just doesn't make sense. Max not getting a ride and Tixier getting back on a bike less than a week after that crash makes no sense to me. Okay. Colin Stewart said, what has Max said of the whole Max to Hep thing? He has said things that I will not be saying until it's worn out. But I have seen some stuff as well. Kevin C430 said, has there ever been a field with 20 world championships represented on a starting line? I go back to the 70s as a fan and can't think of one. Well, in 2006, you had Everts with nine. So that's a good starting point. I say Everts with nine because obviously he never sat on a starting line with 10 world championships before anyone tells me I'm an idiot. That would have roughly been... 2006, who else did you have at the start? Pichon, Tortelli, guys like that. Met, stopped in 2005. I think he stopped in 2005. Ramon would have been there that year. Yeah, that wouldn't have been 20 either way. That would have been close. That probably would have been pushing 15 at a push. So yeah, I'd say uh, never had 20 on the line. And to be fair, what? We've got Hurlins with four. 2012, 2013, 2016. Yeah, 2018, four. Um, Prado with two. And Crowley with nine. That's... Quick maths, quick maths. 15. Fevra, one. Tixier, one. Who am I missing? Geyser, three. Yeah, 20, bang on. It's hard to beat that. Like, even just having Hurlins, Crowley, and Prado on this line at the same time is uh, tough to beat. 
let alone added in the drips and drabs of Geyser, Tixio, and all those people. At Dan Lin Wang said, good job on the question we all wanted to know about Hurling's racing, Hurling's interested to race Supercross. How do you think he would fare in a normal SX race with a stacked field and a full off-season of prep? If you're talking AMA, then even he was kind of a bit like, yeah, that's never going to work out for me. Paris, I think he could hold his own and do all right. I don't see why not. He's not going to win the thing, but I think he can... You do all right. He can beat the Subarasses and the Iswads and the Tixias of the world. Probably be close to... Like, he'd be, be somewhere between the American group and the French group. I think, like you said, though, in the interview, he, he wants to do it, but he wants to do it properly. And Did you do, read the interview? I know, you told me oh. we were in the car. But putting sort of five events together is something which um, he'd like to do. He's going to do it. He wants to do it properly. Yeah, and he could do those... Like, he could do like, Ozek stuff and all do well. None of them are particularly crazy where he'd need to properly overhaul his bike and stuff. So at Green Zecker Green, Azilkil Green said, I'm curious about Rene Hoffer. What's expected of him in 2020 and how will his rookie year compare to Piaul's? Interesting question. Because uh if we had that question last year and people asking us how do we expect Tom Viao to do against Prado, what would we have said? We would have said not even in the same we we would have. I, I would have. I would have said Tom Viao will be nowhere near Prado let alone some GPs getting out of the gate in front of him and leading. Part of me thinks that Hoffa could be really good, but then Vial was really good. So there's no way that he... But I, it, as Vial kind of distorted the benchmark because he's had such a good year. Yeah, I don't think it would be possible for Hoffa to match that. But then would it? Because you're taking Prado out of the equation and therefore there's basically one extra step on a podium every weekend. Yeah, but, and you've got Flandern who's gone up. And... Hoffa could be really good. Chirpin's gone Hoffa, up, Sterry's gone up, Chirpin. Jacoby's gone up. Hoffa could be very good. I, I would say if he can get consistent top fives or top sixes, then that's, that's enough. That's well, good enough. That's, well, what wait, I think, that's what I think he can do. Well, MX2's lost six of the top ten. Yeah, same. Yeah, well. But then I, don't, I feel like Hoffa would come out and have people like Chervelin handled anyway. Okay. I think. Yeah. But It's uh, going to be a good class next year. Hoffa, Hoffa will be the future of KTM in MX2. Like with Hoffa and Vial, KTM are kind of set in MX2 for a while, but I wouldn't look for them to make any changes or anything like that. No. Daniel Smith, 94. Do we need to start a GoFundMe for Anstey? I cannot believe he's not signed yet. And I put this one in as well, just to confirm again, he hasn't actually signed anything. Hasn't signed any... Like what's the things you signed before you signed a contract? Pre-contract. Intent or whatever. Yeah, pre-contract. Yeah. Hasn't signed anything like that. <coughs> hasn't signed any full-time deals. Hasn't signed anything. Everyone telling, saying he signed stuff is wrong. And if he hasn't signed anything, that means that there's nothing to say at the moment. Yeah. So he hasn't signed anything. Cool. And when he does, then we'll talk about it. I want to mention that uh, it's not a question, but it's something I've seen earlier is that Sean Simpson is uh, obviously started his own team. And uh, one thing he's putting together is he's actually started his own MX talent company. Did you know about this? No. On his basic yeah, update, uh, one of my favorite things to do, blah, 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 blah. Feelings on the MXON, later on in my own team on SX24, KTM XGP in 2020, and starting up the MX Talent Company. Actually, no, I think I did see something about that, but I didn't really yeah. understand what it was. To get involved with the MXTC as a rider, scout, or just show your appreciation, please send an email to the MXTC at gmail.com. Head over to Sean Simpson's page on Facebook to find out a little bit more information on that one. Any more questions, Lewis? Yep, one more. George Hopkins 4 said, any news for HRC and MX2? Doesn't sound like they're running a HRC MX2 team next year. Sounds like uh, 114 will kind of be the head Honda MX2 team. Oh, what? I don't know if I should say that then. What should you say? Well, I thought that they were the HRC MX2 team. I don't team. think they're the VHRC MX2 team. But I just, think they are. I think they're just the top 
No, kind think... of like the benchmark for Honda in MX2. Oh, I thought that they were given were going to be given the, the title. I didn't think so. Oh. I just thought they were going to... Okay, well, one of us is right. And you'd think that, like, no offence to the unknown Australians, but you'd think if they were going to be HRC MX2, they would have a proven winner. Mm. Yeah. I think I heard, I thought they were just going to be 114, we are the Honda team in MX2. Well, they got Aston Martin, aren't they, with Alvin Usland and... Rubini. Rubini. Yeah. I quite, it's funny, when Rubini went, first went up to MX2, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, whatever, like, he's not very good. But now I'm quite excited to see what Rubini's going to do because I feel like he has come, come along quite a lot this year. And this is Usland's last year yeah. in MX2. So you've got to think that he can pull it together this year. I don't know. When you think about it, when has he actually really done anything? Brilliant. Um, and if you're listening to this, Alvin, good luck for a 2020 season. Well, it's true, isn't it? But when you think about it, like when you actually, like when he was on Kimi, it was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe. But now that we've had some time and you look back, what is there? Okay, maybe just hang out your boots, Alvin, because Lewis is not, not, not happy. Yeah. Well, no. How's your not, head? It's, uh, I've got a toothache. I reckon that might be why I've, my, my head hurts. Okay. Yeah. So should we sign off now before we literally make anybody else demotivated for 2020? No, but it's true, isn't it? Like, when you think about it, when he was on... When he was you, on, you still want to go with this? Yes. When he was on Kimia... Yeah, El Chapo's on one. When he was on Kimia, he was always the third rider who was like, ah, oh, the consistent third rider. Rob, but there were, no, there were never flashes. Can you get that spade? Because he just wants to keep digging. What? What's wrong with that? Nothing. Nothing's fine, mate. You, you say whatever you want. There you go. That's all I've got to say, though. That's, Great. That's, that's that. Excellent. Right. You can't argue with me, can you? I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, because you can't argue <clears throat> with me. I'm, I'm right. not going to say anything. That's the way it goes. Yeah, great. Uh, Dylan, want... Dylan Walsh has gone back to Australia. Yeah, sad times. Yeah. See, this... Go on. Go on. Just go. Keep going. Keep going. Alvin paid for his ride. Okay. Just it keep, keep it going, kind mate. of stings a little bit when you're like, well, maybe Dylan Walsh could have had that ride. Like, may, like, maybe, well, if it was even... Not, that, hey, you cannot blame someone no, no, for no. creating an opportunity. No, but all that's I'm saying to the team. All the I'm team, saying the... is, it sucks for someone like Dylan who, like, is, gets doors shut in his face because he can't bring money like other people. That's just fucking life. Yeah, that's... that's Mate, life. that's life. Yeah, yeah. Everything. I like Dylan. I thought he could have been really good. Dylan's great. And He'll he, and he kill could, it in Australia. And he could do really, really well in, in MX2. However, that's just life of opportunities. Like, I'm confused as well. Like, so MX, MXGP... No rides in MXGP has been well documented because with the age rule, everyone's getting pushed up and stuff like that. How are we now in a position where people can't get rides in MX2? Because if anything, the age rule should be making it so that there are more rides available in MX2 because you're getting rid of the Jacobis, the Steris, the Flanderins. So yeah. I, I, don't under, I don't really understand how that's yeah. worked. What are you trying to say? I don't know. I'm just I don't, supporting you. I don't understand. Yeah. I don't really understand how that's worked out. Like, in my head, I'm trying to make sense of it. Like, maybe the EMX guys, but then there aren't that well, many. We've already talked. But that, then you've lost HRC MX2, Revo. But so. we've already talked that the 23 rule done its job. Now it needs to be... No, um, but that, that doesn't have anything to do with what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the 23 rule is actually quite good for MX2, but I don't understand why... This has happened. How has this happened this way? Uh, the economy. I don't know. We've Less lost. I, I, I guess if we've lost HRC and Revo, that's the answer because that's four spots. So, yeah. By the way, I hear that Revo aren't even going to do any British stuff now. So they're, they're that, closing. That. Yeah. That was the word that they would stop GPs, but maybe continue doing British stuff. But I don't think they're doing it. Well, they're definitely not even doing that now. So. Wow. Yeah. So they got no riders next year in no team. Well, they don't have a team. Times yeah. are bad. There we go. So on that, if you're all motivated by that last section of the show, that was brought to you by Lewis Phillips, motivational speaker. He's available for any of your work talks. If you want to get your Salesforce motivated, uh, Lewis will come it's in. It's true. It's facts, isn't it? I can, no one can argue with what I'm saying. And talk to Try you. and argue with what I'm saying. Yeah. 
And um, I look forward to trolling you on Twitter soon. Well, you will be blocked. How will I be blocked? Because I have the ability to do that. And I have the ability to open up another account and troll you. And I will block that. Brilliant. Um, I will speak to my 8,000 Chinese friends and 13 Russians, and we will come at you. Okay. All right? So brace yourself. A storm is coming on the ACE British Championship. Brace yourself. I'm doing quite a good job of it so far. The stats are already impressive. Whatever. No one cares. Actually, Actually, I'm quite impressed with... I've been doing it for a week. And I'm quite impressed because when I got on, like when I logged into the Instagram account, yep. it was literally like, I was like, oh God, this is going to take a while. Yeah. I'm quite impressed with the amount of like, A, followers it's gained. No one cares. And B, the like, comments and stuff it's getting, yeah. which proves I, I, that people do actually care. They just needed a, do you know what would be something good? to talk Given about. Given that we're an independent business now, I wish you spent more time on MX Vice than you do on the AC British Championship. You gave me approval to do this. I don't know why. I only done it because I didn't want to seem a dick. Oh. So, not that I'm trying to win any favours at the ACU. They've already got a dartboard my face on. They burn an effigy of me uh, weekly. So, I didn't give a shit. Okay, brilliant. Great. So, I'll be trolling you soon. Of course you will. Right. Uh, do you want to say bye? No, it's all right. What, what do you mean? Oh, well, I, you stay need now. I need to go to the toilet. All right. And we're finishing the show. Is that it then? Well, you've got a headache. You've demotivated everybody. You've thrown Alvin off a cliff. I haven't. I haven't. I've literally stated facts. Okay. How has that thrown him off? Tell me how that has thrown him off a cliff. No, it's, it's fine. I think you threw him off and then halfway down you ran, got a golf club and then hit him as hard as you could as he was still going down. So um, there we go. I can't wait for next week's podcast show. Uh, please send in your uh, questions to us in the week. If you want to find out anything about MXGP related, we will try and find out beforehand and answer your questions. At some point, we need to do a podcast about MX Vice, like the, like the history and the yeah. story. Not the history, but like the funny stories in that over the years yeah. that would have been told on a podcast had we had a podcast. Excellent. And yeah. also, um, we should probably do one about Tommy at some point as well because we kind of missed that. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Right. See, All right. See you, boy, Lewis. See ya. See ya. Bye. The MX Vice Show. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK, Talon wheels, sprockets, footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. You are listening to the MX Vice Show.